Uh, time to say good morning and welcome back to Brent Paulington. Brent is a good friend of the show. He's the president of Express Pros Employment in Vancouver. He is the HR doctor who has written recently on the changing dynamics of the employer-employee relationship using Nordstrom as an example. Brent, good morning and welcome back. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Good to have you with us. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about the changing dynamics of the employer-employee relationship, and pandemic, of course, accelerated all of those changes considerably, and they don't appear to be slowing down to any degree at all, Brent, do they? No, no, not at all. I mean, uh, yeah, the Nordstrom uh, announcing of the, closing, uh, of the closing of their stores in Canada was uh, uh, an interesting piece to see something that's that's happening in our faces but one of the the really interesting ones that we've been seeing lately is uh, on the website layoffs uh, i think it's layoffs.io and it tracks the tech layoffs that have mm-hmm. been happening in the world there's been over 280,000 tech layoffs that have been reported on the site between 2022 and 2023 um, and we're seeing thousands every week that are being announced there only about 1 or 2% of those have happened in Canada so far but seeing uh, Nordstrom announced that they're going to be closing all their stores. And in the article on their release, they announced the reason is that they've never been profitable in Canada. Right. It was such an interesting, interesting thing to see. Where, in uh, I think the conversations I've had with my clients and some of the people that have been there is that I don't think any of the employees knew that the company wasn't profitable. And these conversations come as a shock to people when they think that they're doing a great job, and yet. You know, the options that exist for companies is either they charge more to their customers, which I'm assuming for Nordstrom may not have been a problem. You sell more products or you have highly engaged people who are motivated in selling and generating more revenue than what the operating expenses are and the, the, the wages. And, and companies need that offset. And the conversation I'm having with my clients is it's not that there is an entitlement per se coming from the employee side where just everything's an entitlement. But I think there's a gross misunderstanding from the employee side where they just it's not a common conversation. It's not something that's discussed in school or university or even as you're entering the workforce that the exchange of an employer's compensation to you is for your labor, whether it's blue or white collar, yep. in exchange for profitability for the business. That's right. And, and business. I mean, that's, yeah, it's hugely lost. That's right. And it's interesting, I suppose, a little more confusing for us here in Vancouver, this Nordstrom story, Brent, because you're right. Nordstrom was an absolute disaster in Canada, except... Vancouver. The Vancouver store was actually doing better business than Seattle, for crying out loud. We were the anomaly. The rest of the country was a a complete disaster, an absolute drain on the company's profits. But Vancouver was making money, and so it sort of threw uh, those of us who were casual observers of the process right off. But you're right. In the article, the fact is a business needs to be profitable to survive. It's pretty basic uh, around the world of business, and yet it seems to be something that isn't discussed widely when you're applying for a job. How are you going to help us to to remain profitable so we can survive? That's a fair question, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, one of the parts I alluded to in the discussion was that as an employee, you create a high demand for yourself in the market. And the way that you create real security for yourself is if you're constantly in seek of personal or professional development, if you continue to strive to be the most highest performing person that you can be in your job, there may be times where you are part of the Vancouver team where the company is doing a great job locally, but because of factors out of your control, Mm -hmm. whether it's mismanagement, whether it's market factors that you end up getting laid off, you lose your job. Well, if you are a high performer, you will have highly marketable skills 
that you can take to other companies and say, hey, this is what I achieved here. I understand how my job ties into profitability for the company. This is what I've done. This is what I've accomplished. And this is why I feel I'm in high demand. And I think, I think that, you know, that, that feeling or that sense or that conversation of entitlement, you know, I don't know if that's a thing that exists. I think it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. But I know that no matter what, if you do lose your job and it's for factors out of your control, that sucks. And it is a terrible situation to be in. The job market is, is challenging to navigate. And I think, again, there's maybe a miss on, on how you present yourself as a job seeker uh, because you're in a highly competitive space. There's so many resumes that a company gets when they post a job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's really important for you to stand out, whether that is how you put your resume forward or just in your understanding of, your, uh, of how this exchange is going to take place and ultimately what you're going to deliver. And to me, I don't care if it's a salesperson because that to me is the easiest one. It's when you start getting into roles that are so far removed from the, the cash register where you're in a support role, you're in the warehouse, you're, you're an office service person, uh, or you're, you know, driving a truck, like, you know, these positions are all still tied directly to revenue. And I think people don't necessarily get the visibility of that and how it ties in. Exactly. And, and uh, in terms of the employer-employee dynamic, and, and it's changing. And, and of course, now we're also seeing the dynamic affected by those who don't want to spend five days a week in the shop. They're looking to negotiate some kind of hybrid work model. Is that, how is that being received? In some companies, it's impossible. In others, it's fine. What's your, your sense with your employer clients uh, how this is working out, Brent? Yeah, I'm definitely hearing more and more of employers that understand that the hybrid landscape is here to stay, yeah. but that there is continual push or emphasis to drive employees back into the office. There's value from a culture standpoint, from an engagement with the team. Uh, so we're definitely seeing employers shift that way. A really, really interesting article that I was exposed to was a, um, a piece that uh, Mike Rowe from the Dirty Jobs Show had on his podcast where he had a gentleman called Nick Eberstadt, who was an economist in the U.S., and he's got a book called Men Without Work. And the highlight in there was that there's over 7 million able-bodied men in the U.S. who are currently not working, who are choosing not to seek employment because of the support systems that are in place. And that's one of the biggest things that, that uh, we haven't really seen the tip of that iceberg here, but there is a huge uh, crux of an issue where there are a lot of people who are not working because of COVID. They were pushed out of their job, mm-hmm. they were given support, and they have not started to seek back to, to employment. Interesting stuff. And uh, final question, because I know you have to run. But in the States, once again, just this week, we saw record high numbers of people being hired here in Canada. Hundreds of thousands of new jobs or new hires announced in the past couple of months. So in terms of that workplace dynamic at the moment, it's still pretty easy to find a job, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, our, our job here at Express is to help companies hire people, and we've seen a, a, a significant demand through Q1 here. There's definitely a, uh, a desire for employers to hire people. We continue to see on our end that employers are willing to even pay above market rates for high-impact individuals, whether they come with extensive experience or, or proven results from, from other industries. I see a bit of a less of an ability or desire often to hire just purely based on aptitude and motivation, which makes it really hard for new people coming in. And I think a big part of that is not necessarily that entitlement piece, but again, the equation that has become even more expensive for employers with benefits, the flexibilities, the work-life balance, the, 
you know, again, the benefit plans, increasing wages, inflation for everybody, these things have all made it more expensive for employers to hire. And understanding this cost-benefit dynamic, it has made it harder for new people to enter into the workforce because of those costs. And we're seeing things like technology, uh, automation, things that are taking away some of those frontline jobs. So definitely makes it tough for the job seekers. But yes, lots of hiring happening in Vancouver. Interesting stuff. Express Employment Professionals, Vancouver President Brent Paulington on the line. Brent, thanks for this. Always a treat to have you aboard. Yeah, thanks, Sterling. Great to chat with you.